What is grace? Grace is community. Grace is passion. Grace is for everyone. Today is a day of celebration. We celebrate the confirmants who have completed their classes. We celebrate family, friends, and the church gathered together to recognize this accomplishment. And we celebrate their confession of faith, a public declaration that Jesus is Lord. These are all good things, and I'm glad we can take a day to recognize all those blessings. But the journey isn't quite over, is it? Confirmation is not a celebration of the end of a journey, although I promise there are no more tests or quizzes for you today, nothing like that to be confirmed. Instead, it is the start to a lifelong adventure, exploring and discerning the course our lives should take in relation to Jesus Christ. This is hard work, so maybe this isn't just a celebration. It's also a recognition of all the difficulties on the road ahead for you. So to our confirmands, my condolences, it doesn't get easier. Faith is a challenging thing for sure. One last bit of advice I want to share with you as we wrap up this stage of confirmation, and uh, it relates to a question that I have for you. It's a simple one, but not easily answered, and it's this. What does it mean to be confirmed in the faith? In fact, this isn't just about confirmands. Some have stood and kneeled right here in previous years to confirm their faith. Why did they do it? Why do any of us take these vows and commit ourselves to Jesus Christ? Before we answer that, let's hear our scripture for today. Andrew is going to read for us from Acts chapter 2, the story of Pentecost. Jesus told his disciples to wait to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the story of that power from heaven. For 50 days, they are in the upper room fasting uh, with no food, praying for God and the power he promised. Back then, this date was called the Festival of Weeks and marked when Moses received the Ten Commandments. It was about law, about it in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 8 and verses 12 through 21. Hear now the word of the Lord. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. <clears throat> but Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you supposed, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. 
and I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, may we be an inclusive community passionately following Jesus Christ. As we celebrate our confirmands, remind all of us, Lord, of our commitment to you. Bless us as we listen for your Holy Spirit today. In Christ we pray. Amen. We all know that the law is important. Without the law and people to enforce it, society can break down pretty fast. Years ago, I ran into a law that I really didn't like, though. Uh, it led to a lot of embarrassment right in front of all of my girlfriend's friends. Uh, it started off simple enough. My wife, Emily, who was still my girlfriend at the time, had some friends visiting, and they said they wanted to go bowling. We were living in Philadelphia at the time, but for some reason, they didn't want to go bowling in any of the lanes close by. They wanted to go across the border into New Jersey. That was fine with us, so we piled into our cars and headed across state lines. Now, this was before the days of GPS, so all we had were some basic directions with an exit number and a street address. The drive took far longer than we expected. We went so far that we started counting all the bowling alleys we were passing along the way, wondering what was so special about the one that they had picked. As we drove, the sky seemed to get darker and darker. It was an eerie black night. Uh, so after a far too long drive, we finally got to our exit. As I drove up the exit ramp, I saw a bright flash and realized I had just gone through an unmanned toll booth. Not one of those big ones that has things that go overhead. It's just this tiny booth with no lights on it, so you couldn't even see it. So I backed up and pulled up to the end of the ramp, and there's this red light. I come to a full stop, and just as I'm about to make a right on red, Emily says, stop. There's a sign covered in dirt, and you can just barely read it that says, no turn on red. So I wait, and I wait, and I wait. There are zero cars, and no kidding, it was a solid five minutes of waiting. I even did the whole inching forward, thinking maybe I have to trip a sensor or something. Nothing happens. It's still red. At this point, I think the whole trip is a total waste. And I decide, I don't care what the sign says, I'm going to turn anyways. And I get maybe a quarter mile down the road, and what do I see? You know it, lights from a police car flashing. I've been pulled over for breaking the law, turning right on red when I shouldn't have. Because it's late at night, the officer asks me to step out of the car and wants to check if I've been drinking. He puts me behind the car, interrogating me as to why a city boy is deep in South Jersey. I tell him, I don't know what I'm doing here either. <laughs> and I look over, and what do I see? We are pulled over literally across the street from the bowling alley. <laughs> and just then, I hear Emily on her cell phone. She just called her friends to tell them, yeah, look out front. See those flashing lights from the police car? That's me and Brian. He just got pulled over. Total embarrassment came over me. I don't even remember going into the bowling alley that night. I think I blocked out the rest of the night from sheer shame. I had broken the law, and everybody knew it. 
I can come up with all the excuses and justifications I want, but the truth is, I broke the law. I was wrong. The only real solace I can take from all of this is knowing that just about everyone will find themselves in a similar situation at some point in their lives. We all break the law, whether it's the smallest of infractions like jaywalking or bigger ones like stealing or cheating. Everyone does something or says something that embarrasses and does not uphold the code we have for how we treat one another. Philosophers recognized this problem a long time ago. The demands of right behavior every day without fail are impossible. And the scripture knows this too. The apostle Paul in Romans says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Later on in the story from Acts, which we read today, the apostle Peter asks the religious leaders, why are you putting God to the test, placing on the neck of the disciples a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? The very first Christian leaders were crystal clear that we are all going to mess up. The law matters, sure, but we also know we are going to fail. It's too difficult to be perfect. So what hope is there? How do we move forward knowing that we can't keep the law, that according to this measure, we are all going to inevitably end up failures? One bit of advice philosophers give is to be gentle with yourself. It's easy to get discouraged trying to do good, to become morally exhausted. Uh, ever tried to do the right thing and found it's just too hard? At the dinner table this week, we were eating burgers, and I mentioned how I had just read that Bill Gates is a big advocate for plant-based burgers. It smells and tastes like beef, but it's better for the environment. And my son, Davey, he turned to his mother and said, wait, is this a plant-based burger? And Emily said, no, it's a beef one. And Davey, for all the good he wants to do for this world, said, oh, good, I like the beef ones. <laughs> Me too, buddy. Me too. It can be hard. Important. That's why this story in Acts chapter 2 is so important. When the Holy Spirit breaks forth in power, we are witnessing the transition from the rule of law to the rule of the Spirit. Moses gave the Ten Commandments, good rules to live by, but the Holy Spirit brings grace and mercy. When the law is inevitably broken, the consequence is no longer death. With the Spirit, there is an opportunity for us to be saved through the Lord. As the story in Acts 2 continues, Peter tells the story of Jesus, how he was raised from the dead, and that through repentance and baptism, they can be saved. Today, confirming our faith means we repent once more of our sin. We know we will break the law. We will hurt our friends and family. We will dishonor God in some way at some point. But we admit we are wrong and choose to commit to follow God once again. Baptism and baptismal renewal is a reminder that God is always faithful to us. And all the Lord asks is that we will turn from our sin and commit to do what's right once again. There's one last thing we can take away from this passage today, and that's the incredible miracle of the disciples speaking in tongues. Uh, people will, were able to hear and understand them speaking in their own languages as the Spirit gave them ability. 
We know from this that God embraces our diversity. God loves the unique gifts and backgrounds of every person in this room and beyond. From the very first moment of the church's existence, it involves people from all kinds of languages and nations and cultures. The church is open not only to lawbreakers, but to all people, no matter where they are from. This is the grace of God at work through the power of the Holy Spirit. To give you a taste of the backgrounds of those we welcome into the church today, I want to share with you a few words from the parents of today's confirmands. Who are these people we welcome in today? Let me tell you. Andrew. The family is so happy to see Andrew grow in faith at Grace. The ministries here have inspired him to care for others and grow in his confidence. His mom, Asha, asked him about the impact of the class, and Andrew said the series we did on I Can Only Imagine helped him with forgiveness and understanding God's mercy. Olivia, she's really into sports, especially softball, and last week hit her very first home run. Congratulations, Olivia. Uh, like other eighth graders, she has to make the big decision of what area high school to go to. Her mom says she's always been a kind and gentle child. She's helped regularly with vacation Bible school and has been very engaged with confirmation and youth group. Mom and dad are so proud of her, and they recognize that Olivia is the baby in the family, uh, having much older siblings, so this is a bittersweet moment for both of them. Jeremy. There's been a huge difference in Jeremy as he's grown and matured in the last year or two. He's playing the drums and made the drum line, which is awesome. Uh, just this past week, Jeremy did something that made his mother so proud. Normally, we think of teens as maybe being a little mean or cruel, but Jeremy is different. Despite the challenges he's gone through himself, this week Jeremy did something really kind. He has a classmate that is disabled and knew others treated this person poorly, so he went out and bought a birthday present for this person, knowing others would not be doing that. He doesn't do it to be recognized, though. He just has a good heart, and we celebrate that today. Caden. Against all odds, Caden survived. Entering this world, he was blessed with hope and love and resilience and strength. He has touched many people's hearts with his kindness he is resilient when people don't get along or when he himself is misunderstood. His family says they are in awe of him when they see him open up his heart to share an abundance of love every day with family, friends, uh, their guinea pig Oreo, uh, their cat Lucy, bunnies, all kinds of animals. His parents feel like they've been given a gift to have him as a son and are excited to see what he accomplishes as he continues on his spiritual journey and with his love of science. Ryan, his mom says she sees a new maturity in him. There are so many things that he does now that make her happy and proud. She doesn't have to say a word and he's already there doing the right thing. He has this incredible moral compass and she has seen how much he's gotten out of confirmation and the experience of this class. She couldn't be proud. And to the rest of you gathered here, in this place, you are welcome. In your culture, your differences, your mistakes and sins, you are offered the grace of Jesus Christ. 
the Spirit confirms our faith, even in its frailty, even when we've broken the law, because it is not the law that brings life, but the Spirit of God. We welcome God's Spirit into this place as we say yes to our confirmands, as our church is remade today, as the borders of our community are expanded, and as the grace of God triumphs over sin and death. We say, Holy Spirit, come. Show us the way as we repent of our sin and confirm our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? For everything happening at Grace, check out our website at gumc.org.